best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. All right, welcome to Talking Halos. It's Derek C. Paul with my co-host, my partners in crime. And we're in a rush tonight. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Listen, it's Thursday night. The Angels lost again because they, I mean, let's be really kind of suck right now. All right, but we got two things going on. The trash pan is going for the playoffs tonight. Go, Jared. Say it. Yay. Go on. Go on. Try and do, uh, make it to Try the and... World Series. He totally misses Q there. Okay. And Brown Steelers later on. I mean, come on. Man. I, I got stuff to do. But we do want to have a conversation about the Angels. We're getting questions left and right. And the big thing is, the, what comes to mind is, in a perfect world, how does your Angels offseason look like? So in that scope, what we're going to look for is, in Nate's perfect world, what do they do? What do they accomplish? In Jared's perfect world, what do they do? What do they accomplish? And, of course, in my perfect world, which is always wacky, what do I want to see? But before we even get there, Jared, you have a question. I do I do, and I asked this before to Nate, and I'll ask it to you because you have, to put it nicely, more experience than we do in this in this field. What you say? I'm old. Okay, that, no. that's that was his nice way of saying. That. <laughs> Is this the best season in baseball history? Regular, well, just baseball history in general. Is are we seeing the best season of all no. time? No, not not individual season, but like in general. No. No, he says no. No, okay, it's not. I, I mean, I think I I didn't watch baseball in the early early thousands, late nineties, and I think that's when it was like a lot of fun. Um, that's where it's I not, would guess, but I don't I don't know. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, is that is that nineteen ninety eight? Yeah. Um, this has been a great baseball season. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for if, even though our team just fell apart on us. In terms of everything that's happened this year, in terms of what we saw out of Shohei Otani, what we saw from from Aaron Judge, and what we've seen from different teams, seeing the Mets and the Braves going down the wire here, a lot of you know cool races. But also, if I want to look from a different scope of things, the I know I know people are like, well, Roy's, 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 Andro, you know, with McGuire and Sosa. Listen, people don't understand. I mean, if you for the younger folks, you don't get the the baseball in terms of 1998 was on life support. It really was. It was the, the 94 strike really, really ticked a lot of people off and fans weren't coming back. And even though years later we've seen the, the steroids thing happen, all that kind of jazz, 
that that 98 race for the home run um, between Sosa and the Cardinals. And plus it was a good baseball season all around. It really brought people back. And then, you know, not, not 99 because 99 was eh, like a tooth, but 2001 and 2002, those are also really good baseball seasons. And you're seeing Barry Bond to his peak. So 1998 was to me the launching point in terms of in this modern era of what was the best baseball season there because of those personal races of everything else that went with it. And then what, what, with what it led to now, what may change how we view 2022 is what happens in the next three, four years. What, how does baseball move from here it, with the with rules changes coming next year with the different, you know, with, with these players moving forward, what happens with Shohei? What happens with the the Mets franchise as they are now kind of emerging as I mean, let's I'm gonna be honest, the Mets are better than the Yankees this year, and they're both good. Uh, what how do the Yankees respond in the AL East when they have now three legit contenders, probably four heading the next year? The Red Sox won't be down forever. So I see a lot of great things in our game right now, but what does 2022 lead to? And right, so in my mind right now, 1998 is it in this modern era. 2022 could 10 years from now, we could be looking back and going, okay, yeah, 2022 was it. But right now for me, 98. It's interesting. I, I mean, Nate brought it up and talked about it a couple of uh, podcasts. makes me ago. feel better because I said 2001. So that makes 2001 was a great better. season. When Seattle comes through there, wins 116 yep. games. And then the following year in 2020, when 2002, when our Angels, we yep. people oftentimes forget that was a three team race. Yep. And that was the Angels team that started six and 14. So for us personally, and plus baseball was great that year too. The Yankees were a lot of fun to watch. It was a lot of fun watching the Angels beat up on the Yankees. Okay. Of course. Uh, I mean, it was a really good season. Barry Bonds was darn near unstoppable that year in the National yep. League and then faced him in the World Series. So, but that all to me kicks 1998 is what kicks that off. Mm. That's what it's like the lead in season for that. If 1998 doesn't happen, I'm not sure, or the rest of that kind of works out that way. Mm. So that's why I say 98. 2002 had the streak too, Oakland streak. Mm-hmm. And people forget the Angels had a streak almost like it was – Oakland probably gained four games during that 21-win win streak. Like it, the Angels were winning games the same amount. Like maybe they lost a couple games here and there, but, I mean, they were winning games at the same pace as Oakland during that streak, which is just unbelievable to see as as that thing went down the stretch. So yeah, as you go that, back that was to- a lot of fun. As we go back to the era too, when you look at the Angels team and those even those A's teams, and I hate talking about the A's because I freaking hate the A's. But you know that's when I when you've heard me talk in the podcast in the past couple of years about how I want baseball to be. That 2002 team is what I want baseball to be. Absolutely. You know they they had power, yes, but they also played small ball. They were aggressive on the base pads. They to me they played the traditional game that we all really miss now. Mm-hmm. And if I want baseball to go back to that, that's what I look to. And so th- those years are special, but I mean, I keep going back to 98, 98 just had it all and it led to everything else that came afterwards. That's fair. I like it. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I mean, you can argue any way you go. Um, I mean, you got Shohei this year, you got judge, you got Albert Pujols getting close to you know, 700. I, I, I think if some of the races are more competitive, we're talking about something different, but what, I mean, the AL East has been pretty much over the Yankees stumbled some, the, the AL central it's, I mean, it hasn't been, I mean, these teams aren't really good. I mean, yeah. guardians have panned out. Okay. The Astros ran away with the AL West. The Dodgers did what they do. The only real bonafide race left with 
is the is the NL East. And so if the, if we had more races, we're talking to it's a different story for me. Sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Okay, so dream 2022-23 offseason. Here's the rules. Remember, as we say this, so when you come back two months from now and say, well, you said this and you said that, remember, we don't know who will own the team come March. We do not know all the freedoms that will be available because we don't know who will sign extensions or arbitration or whatever. So this is just our dream scenarios here, okay? And then finally, most importantly, allow us to have some fun with this. This will not be, it's, again, a dream scenario. So if you think Nate is going to be ultra-negative here, I'll, well, let's be honest. If he's ultra negative here in a dream scenario, we all should beat him up on this. Okay. He should be having some fun here. So hold him accountable folks. All right. And because of that, I'm going to go with Nate first. Nate, if you, if this is your dream off season, things go your way. Yeah. People are going to be upset with this early on, but I, I think you, you keep Phil Nevin as the interim manager until a new owner comes in. I do. I think the new owner should have complete and utter say in who his GM is, who his manager is. Like, we don't want to have to go through the same thing we've been going through for the last, I don't know, 10 years where it's, oh, GM hires manager and then GM gets fired and then GM comes in and has to keep manager that's already there. We don't want to have to go through that. So I would keep Nevin as the interim manager until the team is sold. When the team is sold, I hope – um, the Angels get a baseball, a president of baseball operations, which 
would be awesome. I know Dayton Moore just became available. John Daniels just became available. Those two guys would work really well with, with Perry Manassian if that is the way they go. If Dayton Moore or John Daniels wanted another guy, that works too. But I think that's where this offseason needs to start with new ownership making the decisions up top instead of, hey, Artie's in charge for right now. We're going to let uh, Perry Manassian make a new manager call and you know, he hires a guy and the new owner comes in and goes, nope, don't want this guy. Don't want this GM. And then we have, then we're set back another year in the rebuilding process. So uh, the other thing that I think needs to be accomplished this offseason, we need a shortstop. Uh, Trey Turner is the, the guy. He's the perfect person for this Angels team. Um, the Angels would have to spend a lot of money to bring him in. I understand that, but dream scenario, we're going to spend a lot of money. So Trey Turner comes in and he is the leadoff hitter the Angels need. He's the guy who's going to get on base. He's going to steal bases like you were talking about, Derek, where he's going to be able to to play aggressively. He's going to be a very good defender at shortstop as well. So I think starting off with the offseason, Trey Turner would be outstanding to start with. And then – I would love to see him go get three pitchers. Um, I don't know who those three pitchers are off the top of my head, just because we talked about this. We don't know who's going to be available. We know, you know, Clevenger's probably going to be available and, and some of these other guys, but I don't know if there's a true ace that is going to be available. And I don't know if that they necessarily need to go get that true ace right now. If they can go get three pitchers to really help this, this rotation, because Detmers has shown signs, Sandoval has shown signs and, as of right now, we're keeping Shohei Otani because the new owner is going to do whatever he wants with that. And if the new owner wants to extend Otani, then he's going to extend Otani. So I think that needs to go. And then the last thing, I would like to see him go get one more outfield piece. I think they need a guy who can play maybe a little bit of first base and a little bit of outfield. Mark Canna was the guy last year who made sense. I, I'm looking for a guy kind of like that this year, maybe a Jock Peterson I don't know, somebody who's going to play the outfield and be able to play first base because depending on what happens with Jared Walsh, we don't know how long it's going to be for him. Um, and just we don't know what Joe Adele is going to be. We we really haven't seen the development we've wanted to see with Joe Adele. So to see someone just to be able to challenge him a little bit and give him, you know, um, just a drive to, to, to beat somebody because I think if the job is his – it's going to be a little bit harder for, for him. Like if he struggles early, what are the angels going to do? So uh, dream scenario. I think those are the things the angels accomplish um, during this offseason. You ready to go there, Jared? I mean, can you top that? I can, I can actually. Yeah. Um, they're going to sell the team. I think that's number one. Um, I'd love to see Mark Zuckerberg. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> come on okay come on now Dude, um man man I, come on and they i don't care me. see that's and not positive says, at all that's like yeah. you know <laughs> and they call me maybe all right all right all right <sighs> i'm kidding they're gonna sell the team but i think we're all pretty sold on that um until that happens though i think everybody stays in place i don't think that i uh, i don't know if perry hires anybody i don't think perry can i'm intrigued to know what Artie does um, it's going to be the story of the of the offseason. Does he give Perry a leash? Does he say, nope, don't spend anything? I, I just – I'm I'm intrigued to know. If it's a dream world, though, Angels sell the team within the next two weeks or so. Uh, we start getting more and more traction. Um, Perry stays in a GM role. I'm totally cool with that. I like Perry. Um, I like him – I don't know how I feel as a drafter. However, he's put enough around him. And, and by that, I mean, there are 
plenty of guys that have done a very good job of development this year that I trust that they can do some stuff in the draft now. It didn't feel that way for a little while, for a couple of years, where it was like, I don't know what this guy is. I don't know what this guy is. Um, we're starting to see it now. I'm starting to see a picture. And I, as I sit here and watch Trash Pandas a little bit, um, there is there's something there. So I trust I trust Perry in a GM role. I would like Nate. I would also love to see them bring in um, president of baseball operations. That's something that's been brought um, to the table a lot by a lot of people that you know I talk to, and I, I think that would help Perry out tremendously. Um, you know, because Artie and Carpino have, in a sense, been that guy uh, as as of late. And we've seen how that works, and I'm not with it. And I, I, you need somebody that knows baseball. So bring in a um, player ops guy, and I'm cool with that. From there, uh, I'd love to see I'm – not, I'm not a big Phil Nevin fan. I don't think I ever have been. Um, I'd love to see Ron Washington. Um, if we're going to go that route, that's, that's, my, that's my number one guy there. I, I really, really like Ron Washington um this offseason yeah i i think that i mean it makes sense too if perry sticks around while ron washington was there in atlanta with perry and i i just think it makes a lot of sense i know angel fans are going to be like oh he was in texas it's like you need somebody to be a leader you need somebody who can speak the language and speak it well kind of like perry and i think that they would be on a very very good there they would be in a very good relationship first off which is what you need we've had this conversation before and second i i just think that I guess I think they get each other. You know, I think they, they mesh well. Um, I think there's going to be plenty of analytics, but I also think there will be that old school baseball as well with, with Ron. However, I could totally see Perry bringing in uh, just a new school kid, like just some 35 year old coming out of nowhere, Sean McVay type guy that would be really cool. Um, And just tell him, this is how we're running it. You listen to me. And if it doesn't happen, you know, we're going to lose games. So I'm, we'll see how the off season goes on that side of things. As far as, as far as everything goes, um, angels need a catcher. Uh, I, I, I don't mind Logan O'Hoppy, but bringing up a Logan O'Hoppy type guy to play hundred games, 120 games at the major league level and expecting him to produce in his first season is suicide. We've seen this before. We'll see it again. I, I think the angels need a catcher and I'd love to see them bring in another guy like Max Stassi and Austin Hedges. Um, just in general, I would love to see a lefty if it's Omar Nevaez, that'd be pretty cool as well. Angels need a first baseman. Um, I don't know which way they go there. I like Nate's idea with somebody who can play the outfield and play some first base. So I don't know if it Joey Gallo, I think can do that a little bit. Jock Peterson can do that a little bit. Um, there are a couple guys on that market that can do that. But again, Jared Walsh is a huge question mark coming off that surgery. Not hundred percent sure what goes on. Angels need a shortstop. Like that's, that is my number one thing on the wish list. Like the angels need a shortstop. It's not going to be Zach Neto. I, I, if it is, the angels aren't going to be a, a winning team. They're not going to be a contender next year. Neto's at second base, a little bit different story, but the angels need a true shortstop next year. And I think it needs to be somebody like Trey Turner or, or Bogarts. Um, I've been, I've been preaching Dansby Swanson because oddly enough, he was in Atlanta brave and it makes a lot of sense. He, uh, he follows the Perry trait and, that's that's gonna be how it is i know he's having a career year and you're gonna have to pay for it but uh you know you're getting a legitimate shortstop who can play there and is not david fletcher it's not luis renifo and it's not andrew velasquez um and then i'm also on the train as well with with nate the angels need an outfielder um they need one of those guys really really badly um however i'm intrigued to know what moniac is i'm intrigued to know what adele is and i think they're gonna get all spring to in a sense figure out what they 
what they are. I think Moniac has kind of earned himself at least a starting job out of the gate, um, but I'd love to see them get another another piece uh, as well in there. And then on the starting pitching side of things, they need if you're keeping Otani around, you need three pitchers at least. Um, and I'd love to see them get a lot more depth. And I know they got a lot of it uh, in in AAA as well. If Kai Bush is one of those guys, you can work with it. If Chase Silseth is one of those guys, you can work with it. But they need at least three more starters, plus probably some minor league depth that they can that they can pull from from AAA. So, um, if it all comes down to what Artie what Artie lets Perry do this offseason, you know, like if Artie if Artie gives him a little bit of a leash, then he's going to go out and sign. Every you can't think like that. Possible. This is your dream scenario, man. Stop. If Let's go to scenario. Stuff. Then, then Perry's scenario. going out there. Perry's going out there and giving thirty guys minor league deals this offseason. Like okay. that well, is be, is that realistic? Yeah. Oh, that's the one I, thing. I, if a dream, I, but it has to be a realistic dream. I I think that this is. I mean, did we think that they were going to draft twenty pitchers in a row? <laughs> you know, like true. I I think that it could go anyway. I think that they go out and they get so much depth. Like they're going to. They're going to be drowning in depth. I think that's that's the the route they're going to go. Um, so yeah, I, I think. But number one is a shortstop. You have to you have to go get a shortstop if you're starting the season. Real with, shortstop. A real shortstop. Yeah, if you're starting this, if you're starting the season with anybody uh-huh. else, you're you're not a contender. All right, so here we go. And I'm not sure how pop this is going to be, but. I was mentioned before the show, before we started recording, that I really believe that the Angels in a lot of ways have behaved, even though they spent a lot of money. Don't get me wrong here. And you've heard me mention before, they do spend a lot of money, but they tend to focus it in a couple of different areas, and that's really it. They don't really behave like a big market team, and they don't behave like a team that, that actually has a full organizational philosophy. And so there are two teams in baseball that really have done this well, in my view. Like, consistently done this well for the last 10 years the dodgers and the rays in my point of view in my dream scenario the angels sell quickly which probably won't happen within the next two months and they are immediately raiding the dodgers front office i mean i don't know they who they can get away from there but if i'm them i'm looking at trying i mean i would throw every freaking amount of money i can i would overpay out the wazoo to get to try and draw on these guys out of there. You know, and I look at a guy like Andrew Friedman, who who is there, who is an outstanding president of baseball operations over there. And you would think he would not leave that job, but you never freaking know when you throw enough money and the Angels organization has potential, but it's an awesome challenge. And there's the automatically ingrained kind of rivalry there, the crosstown view you might pull him out or you might pull his guy next, Brandon Gomes out there. So in my point of view, you go after and you raid that organization and you get what, cause they do it right. You all don't, maybe don't want to hear that. And, and they do it right. And from there you're, you know, if Manazi is the guy, fine. Great. I think he, he deserves time. He's done. He's made some bad decisions. He's made some, but at that point, that baseball operations guy is the guy who makes the call we don't really man jared you're right who the heck is we've been relying on just dudes trying to run an organization instead of baseball guys on the organization and we've got seven years to show for it so get a baseball guy in there and i'm saying raid the dodgers i'm 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 shameless about it. raid the dodgers in terms of organizational needs beyond that 
catcher, right? And I think you hit a dead point on Ohapi. Leave the guy alone. We've been bringing guys up way too early, and then look what happens. Leave him alone. Let him let him develop down there. Give him time. There should be no rush. If you can go out there and find somebody, even if, if just for a year, then you bring him in. Okay, even if it's even if it's Gary Sanchez for crying out loud, you you bring him in just for one year, one year, and you got it. I can tell you who's not working for me anymore. Max Tassi's not working for me anymore. You you can't just hit two hundred and that be it. You got to do a little more. Um, first base, I man, my heart is with Jared Walsh, but. Was he a flash in the pan or was he real? We need something more solid at first base. And here we don't, we're not talking about this here, but because the money spent is there. But third base with Anthony Rendon, okay, we got to have a better option there to back him up other than Matt Duffy. I'm sorry. But shortstop, like you guys are saying, is key. I'm higher on, man, I am higher on David Fletcher than you guys are, but let's be honest, he has not been healthy. And that's a big deal. So even if you are high on him, he hasn't been healthy. And look, we've been left behind with. So going out there and spending on Trey Turner in our perfect world, absolutely. Outfielder, yes, absolutely. So here's my question. Here's my thought process on that. An outfielder who is what? An outfielder is what? Because I want to move. Trout's not going to like it, but I want to move him outside the field. I want him in a corner spot. I want to protect him a little bit. So who do you bring in? I'm thinking a guy like a Michael Brantley or somebody else. You move around. I Jock Peterson to me is probably two years too late. But there you go. That's my view on it. They're going to have to spend money. I mean, pitching-wise, you guys are already dead right. Um, I almost gave you a hard time there earlier when you were talking about pitchers. I'm like, hey, Rich Hill. Okay, no, not Rich Hill. But Clevenger's out there. DeGrom might be out there. I'm not sure he'll make home meets marker or not. Um, there's a couple interesting names out there, including Thor, you know, on a cheaper, you know, bigger him back for a year might work as, as other guys develop. So, you know, we're pretty much all in line on what we want, except I'm saying freaking raid the Dodgers, write them, write them, pay money to get whoever you can out of there. That's my point of view. I'm with so, you. Yeah. Rate them. I mean, They've done it. They've done it before. They went and did it with the Cardinals. They went and did it with uh, Milwaukee. You know, they've they've done it in the past. So it's it is surprising to me that I know that it probably won't because of how Artie is. You know, that whole broken up trade a couple mm-hmm. years ago. He probably doesn't want to raid them. But who's done it better? Well, I mean, they brought somebody in from the Dodgers already this this last year. Yeah, I mean, there's one guy. They brought one before. guy, but like. Yeah. Yeah, but they I mean, could go get a guy who's who could really be in charge of this organization, like a Josh Burns, who mm-hmm. has been very high up in the Dodgers organization, and he could do a really good job with helping Perry and almost like working together. Like we we don't necessarily need um like a like someone to be in charge between those two guys, but we just need those two guys to understand like, hey, you're in charge of development, you're in charge of finding um, big league roster guys and helping with the depth, like. If those guys can can do that kind of thing, then I think the the Angels could be on the right side of this thing. But if if it's going to be one of those things where it's like, oh, you're in charge of of everything, you're, you've seen what happens. The the teams that you've mentioned all have baseball ops guys, by the way. And you look at the teams that are winning right now; most of those teams have baseball op guys. And What's you think it's a coincidence? 
I mean, but, but that's also why I'm like, hey, don't, I'm sitting thinking about the Rays. And the Rays, the only thing we're concerned about, about raiding the Rays is whoever's running run the ship there has never had a, has never had money to play with. Freeman now, Freeman was there money. too. Freeman was there at Tampa Bay and he's done just fine with it. But if I can get, if I could somehow throw, just throw money at, in my dream scenario, at Freeman to pull away from the Dodgers. Who would have to let him go? I mean, again, dream scenario. Then I can see Friedman doing something like that. The guy likes a challenge. This is a challenge. Yeah. It comes down to development. Those, the good teams develop. That's why they're throwing all that money out there. I mean, we know what the Angels aren't throwing money at. Development. And in fairness, I think we're seeing improvements in development, but it's not fast enough. And there's there's some easy ways to to help with development as well. I mean, we we've talked about this a lot. Like, feed the players, pay them a little bit more, make sure they have a place to stay. Like, this was the first year that it was mandatory to make sure these guys had a place to stay. Like, now now go the extra step, put a chef in every in every single locker room in the minor leagues. Make sure these guys can eat something that's going to help them. Because giving them seven to ten dollars and saying, "Hey, we're stopping at McDonald's before our road trip." Um, have fun with your $10. How are these guys going to get better? Like they're not going to be playing at their best every single day. And if we can give them something, even if it's something we're like, Hey, yeah, maybe we're not giving them more money. We're just paying for their food that ends up giving them more money. And that's going to end up making them a better player because now they're able to be at a nutrition level and sleep level where they're able to perform at their best every single day instead of, Hey, we, we gave you $11. Go, go, go to uh, the gas station at McDonald's and hopefully that's enough for you guys. And, uh, oh, and you got to play again tomorrow and be here at, at 10 o'clock for a seven o'clock game. Like it, it's just not, it's not good for development. It's not good for these young guys, especially when you're drafting 17, 18 year olds who have never had money before in their life. And it's like any, it's like any common job where you have equipment and you got to take care of your equipment or it breaks down. Your body is, is a piece of equipment when you're playing a game like this. And if you're not taking care of your body, you're going to break down. You can't take care of your body living off McDonald's. I mean, you mentioned it, it. A lot of injuries. The Angels have had a lot of injuries. I, I mean, I wonder why these guys are are having having to really struggle through the minor leagues with what the Angels have given them. No money, uh, not a place to stay. I mean, there have been guys staying in their cars to try and make it for the Angels, and it's like that's not happening happening in other organizations. The other organizations are are making sure to take care of their guys and making sure that they are able to perform at their best every single day. So that way, when they need them in the major leagues, it's like, hey, now, you, now you're now ready to go. Show us what you've got. Yeah, look at the Guardians, man. The Guardians, the Guardians have no business being A2 and, and whatever they are now. They, they have no business being 15. The, the way they move players out, the way they keep the payroll low, um, but they develop their guys. And part of they in the orders, they take care of their people. And you know, there's a really good chance. And if, by the way, if you don't do your job, they get you. They get you out of there. Yeah. And so, I, I look at the Guardians and think, okay, well, there's another example of a franchise that knows what it's doing, and it's all in. Say the words, Jared. You said earlier. I don't remember what I said earlier. What did I say earlier? Player development. Player development. Yeah. Player development. St. Louis so, does it too. I mean, you look at St. Louis. St. Louis brings up a random guy every single week. I, they're one of the organizations that I don't think gets enough credit for for how well they develop guys. And 
I mean, you look at it. People were saying St. Louis was a third place team this year. There were te- there were people saying the Cubs could have a better record than the Cardinals this year. The Cardinals are winning that division by nine games right now. It's not close. Why? Because Tommy Edmond has stepped up. Because they called up Donovan. Because they've called up all these guys and and they just keep performing. It's unbelievable. So I, I think the Cardinals are another team that yeah. don't get enough credit. I mean, I do want to point out again one more time, like the the Trash Pans are playing for a playoff berth tonight. So, I mean. I do believe that in the end, the Angels organization has gotten better at the minor league level, but it's still just not enough. And they're behind the eight ball because other teams have been so far ahead of them that now it's playing catch up and they got to play catch up faster. That's just the reality of it. Jared, last thoughts? Chase Silseth looks good. He's built for the playoffs. There you go. All right, folks, time for us to go. Follow Jared on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. Follow Nate at Nate's Nate, Nate Green 34. Follow me at DC Paul. Talking Halos as well. We're on Facebook. We don't, we don't talk much there, but we're still there. And, of course, we're, we're anywhere podcasts can be found. In the meantime, we'll see you Sunday with hopefully a more interesting podcast than we had today. We're out of here. <laughs> The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.